This is the Mosaic Church Podcast. Mosaic Church is committed to making disciples that discover Christ, connect in Christian community, and serve others and the world. So uh, this morning, let's just read out of Matthew chapter 6. Let's read from the beginning, although we're going to just really focus on uh, from 5 on, but specifically verse 9. We're going to just go through a new uh, Sunday service sermon series on prayer, on prayer. So in verse 1 of chapter 6 of Matthew, it says, Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. And let me just challenge you, all of you on social media, uh, remember this verse. If you do, you will have no reward from Father in heaven. It's really challenging our motives here. So verse 2. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets, as, with, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, to be honored by others. Again, motive. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that you give that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. One of the things that people have always asked me is, it's about social media, and my little uh, standard that I try to use, I don't know if I'm 100% uh, faithful to this, this um, pattern, if God is doing something for you, I suggest let the whole world know about it. However, if you're doing something for God, just keep it between you and him. And I think this is a good thing for us to, to, uh, to have the standard in our social media. If God is doing something for you, let the whole world know about it. If you are doing something for God, don't let the whole world know about it unless you want that to be your reward. So I'm just chuckling because I think of John Chris, the comedian, and I guess he was selling the, the mission selfie stick, which I thought, the missionary, mission trip selfie stick. It's hilarious. But let's go on in verse 5. And when you pray, do not pray like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room Close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you even ask. So this is how you should pray, and this is our focus for the next two, three weeks. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, and their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would just help us, Lord, to just glean exactly what you want us to learn through this message, through these verses. Lord, help us today in Jesus' name, amen. And so today we want to focus on prayer. One of the things that uh, I'm going to just say 
soon, but I'm going to say it now, is that uh, prayer is something that should be a natural part of our, our DNA and our church life, our, our Christian uh, walk with Jesus. It's something that um, I believe that every single one of us, even if you've been in a prayer for 30 years, that all of us can uh, be better prayers, if you will. So today I want to focus on the Lord's Prayer. And so Jesus is sharing uh, to his disciples as a response. They're asking Jesus, you know, them, he's asking them how to pray. And so I believe what's going on is that the disciples saw Jesus' life and they watched him. And then they desired to also emulate that. So we know that in Ecclesiastes verse 3 it says, Yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. Even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from the beginning to the end. What I love this little phrase here, he has planted eternity in the human heart. In all of us, God has planted eternity in our human heart. And that human heart that's been planted with the seed of, of eternity is desires to communicate with our Heavenly Father, the one who has created this universe. And so I think there's something natural, supernatural, that should, we should long to have this connection to reunite with God our Father. A famous rocker, I remember uh, when I was growing up, I, stood, I wasn't following him, uh, but I knew about him, but Freddie Mercury, I remember the quote, uh, soon before he died, said this, success has brought me world idolization and millions and millions of dollars, but it has prevented me from having the one thing we all need. Now, I think he's, he aimed too low, and he's, he's talking about a loving, ongoing human relationship. But I think he's on the right track when he says that sometimes our busyness we're so busy and maybe so uh, clouded in our minds and our lives that we fail to connect with eternity that's already built in our hearts for God. And I think that's one of the telltale signs. I think it's one of the tricks of the enemy in our culture is to be incredibly super busy. And I can be guilty of that. If you're too busy to pray, then you are, <laughs> something needs to change. You're not living up to God's purpose in your life. You're not living up to the, what's already embedded in your hearts to connect with God. Busyness. Busyness is the death nail to a close relationship with God. And I think it's the trick of the enemy, that's where I was going, to keep us so busy to make sure we have to work you know, multiple, multiple hours so we can pay for a mortgage or we can pay for a rent or pay for internet and pay for all the things that we feel like we need. But I think that's a little trick. It's a big trick, subtly given to all of us to, to pay for these things so we have to work more and do more and we're just keeping ourselves busy. And busyness is the death nail to a close, close relationship with God. A famous uh, author, Charles Dickens, wrote once that he, um, something that he wished he'd had in his life, a loving, long relationship with friends. And a lot of times, again, we settled maybe two, and I understand the need for friends, and we all need friends, uh, but sometimes we just settle for that, where there's something that's eternal in our hearts. And that's why you might hear from us from time to time, you might hear in my prayer, Lord, your presence is my reward. Your presence is my reward. 
if because your presence is here, in my heart that has embedded in it a desire for a connection with our eternal God is that that relationship. I, one thing I love about the Lord's Prayer, it just emits something that is close. There's a close relationship with our Father. So your presence is my reward is something um, that you will hear us say from time to time here at Mosaic Church. Uh, St. Augustine, famous church father, said, our hearts are restless until they find their rest in thee. So that's why prayer, communicating with God, is incredibly important. It's part of our lives. It should be part of our lives. And there, the Lord's Prayer, and we, and we just read it, our Father, excuse me, let me just read it so make sure we get it right. In verse 9, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. But deliver us from the evil one. And so uh, the Lord's prayer is giving us a pattern in how to pray. That's one thing I love about this scripture is that the disciples ask Jesus how to pray and Jesus begins to give them this pattern. It's not about a reciting a mantra. It's not about just going through the motions. But I believe God, uh, Jesus through scripture is showing us and reminding us. And, and uh, even though I've been serving the Lord for 30 plus years, I don't even know how many years it is, I'm constantly need to be challenged and reminded again that uh, to pray, to take time to pray and uh, pray in, in a way that God has, has kind of patterned for us. It's not a script, but it's a pattern. It's not a formula, but it's a template for us to grow in our, in our relationship with God through prayer. And the very first thing is that the word of adoration, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. One of the things that we preached on early on in our church a long, long time ago, and it's still embedded in our DNA, is blessed are the poor in spirit. And basically, it's a posture of grace. It's saying, the Lord, I don't have, I don't have anything to offer except my life, and I extend my hand to you, and I need you. And so we begin with this posture that he is holy, and I adore you, and I need you in my life. And so the very first thing, that, uh, the, the element or the pattern of prayer is adoration. And the second thing is uh, what I would say self, um, self-surrender. Uh, we don't seek our own will, but your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then we ask God, because God is the giver of good gifts, and all good gifts come from God, and we go to him first for our daily bread. It's not about our wants, but we go to the Lord for our needs. And if we're really sharp in our journey with Jesus, we will ask for those things that truly we do need. So we need joy. I don't need more um, things and more toys. What I need is more peace. I need more joy. I need more of Jesus. And so these words give us each day our daily bread is should, uh, for, the, for the hearer from from Jesus should have brought people right back to the, the desert with the Jewish people. And God gave them daily manna, and they needed food for that day, things that they needed. And then the, the next pattern is, is confession. 
we need to acknowledge how we have messed up. And, and maybe even today we must acknowledge that we haven't had time to pray. We haven't really properly prayed. You know, maybe, maybe we've reduced our prayer time to a, right before the meal. And I still think that's great. Because all good things come from the Lord. You're reminding yourself, you're reminding your family, whoever you're eating with, you're reminding that all good gifts come from God. And so even if it's just a daily prayer before a meal, I think that's a great start. But there's so much more that our heart was made for, that connection, that eternal uh, connection with God. And so we, we must begin with uh, adoration. We must acknowledge our self-surrender. We must ask God for the things we need, and we need to confess. And then our next part is we, we need to begin forgiveness as we forgive those who sin against us. And we're not going to cover all this right now, but just giving you kind of a broad thing of what we can uh, uh, look for in that pattern of prayer that Jesus sets and models for us. And then at the end, uh, we could be faithful and not to sin. Lead us not into temptation. And these are all I would, maybe ingredients, if you will, to, um, to pray you know, my wife bakes a lot, and I can see, you know, I can see all the ingredients that goes into it. And one of the important things I recognize is that uh, it's important how you put things together if you want to bake a cake. It, there is a, uh, an order that happens. And one of the things I would like for us to, to really just pay attention to is the order that God has given us through Jesus, through the, the Scripture, before we ask anything for ourselves, we must give God glory and honor. That is the first thing. Now, I'm not a baker, so I'm not going to attempt, but there is a purpose why certain dry um, ingredients come together. And so, and then you, you pour the liquid. There's a purpose. Well, I believe God starts off the prayer uh, by honoring and giving adoration to God. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. And it, and it emotes, and I believe, uh, a relationship with God and, and recognize who he is. One of the things that we need to challenge ourselves here at Mosaic Church is, is to make sure that we have that proper reverence for God, our Father, which art in heaven. As you could tell by my dress, I'm casually dressed, and uh, there is an awesome thing about being casually dressed. You're comfortable. Uh, you're casual. That's why they call it casual dress. But there is maybe, uh, maybe a shadowy effect of that, is that maybe we feel like we could just kind of stroll into um, this, this relationship. But we have to remember that he is our creator. He is our father. And he is holy, and I am not. You know, we should be, feel this tension when we come to church. We should feel this tension when we come to church. His love for us his love for you and me should draw us, should draw us like a bug to a, a light at night. But at the same time, his holiness and his purity should probably, should make us feel like we should just push away because of our impurities and our unholiness. But, but then we, we understand that we are his children and he is our father. And we're going to talk about that. And so that should draw us to him. And so I have to be careful that I don't want to just bring my casualness 
how I dress in my mind and in my heart and my, the way I, I respond to God, I want to make sure that I, I treat God with the reverence and honor that he deserves. So casualness is cool and good, but we have to be careful. So I make, try to make up for it. And so I don't know if you ever see me, and I'm not saying this for God's, you know, for man's glory, but some up, some up here, I'm, I'm on my knees sometimes. Sometimes I'm on my face. I, I will probably be on my knees every Sunday because I want my body to know that I am in reverence and, and under the holiness of God. He is my father, and I am not. And so you will see me bow before the king in reverence and holiness. Our father, which art in heaven, holy is your name. And we're going to talk about the name here in a second. So, um, so let us fight the urge to be casual with God. Let us fight the urge to be casual with God. So the first sentence, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. If you look carefully in the original language, the word our is not in it. It's inferred. So if you, if you have different versions of the scripture, that you're not, not everyone has the word our. But they all start with Father, and some start with Our. Some of the earlier manuscripts don't use the word Our. But I want to challenge you that we must fight the urge to just think of God as just me and God. Our Father, which art in heaven. Let us fight the urge to think that it's just me and God. We don't come to God alone. We come together. And that's why we're here together this morning. It's just... You know, uh, we have to fight another thing in our culture. You know, people think, well, I could just have church by myself at home. I could just listen to a podcast. Uh, That is, to me, so uh, Western, so um, uh, Americanized, so individualistic. And I love the prayer. It doesn't say my father, our father, which art in heaven. When we're praying alone, even we might be alone, we're addressing God as our father because there's, he's our father. As I address uh, our Father in our private prayer closet on a, on a Tuesday morning. It's, it's our Father because it's not just me. It, it's them. It's you. It's you. It's you. It's all of us. I'm praying on behalf of us because we are a family. Amen? Uh, I need you, and hopefully you need me in your life. And, and it, it really puts things in alignment to get us away from this individualistic mindset that's so prevalent in our culture. I would say Christianity is personal, but it's not individualistic. It's personal, but not individualistic. When you look at the Jewish prayer Bible, it it doesn't have the word I and me. Uh, It's we and our. And so it's one of the things that, you know, Bryce and I, we always talk about in our worship time. You know, some of the songs that we write, a lot of them have the word I and me. And and I'm always like, let's put us and our and, and include the rest of us. And I get it. But so... Christianity is personal, but it's not individualistic. Our Father, our Father. When Jesus' parents present him to the temple, he was, he's going, listen, I'm going to, uh, and they, they rebuke him because they couldn't find him. He says, I'm in my Father's house, um, not the Father's house. It's very different how he says it. It, it, it invokes this concept that it's, it's a family and that Jesus was praying at the, at the Father's house and, and for the house for, for us as his children, his followers. So one of the things I want us to focus on as we talk about this section of the, of the Lord's Prayer, it's more about 
not who am I, and I know that um, I just heard a testimony about who am I, but it's really whose am I? Who do I belong to? And Jesus knew that he belonged to the Father. And when we use the word Father, our Father, which art in heaven, the word Father really is Abba, and you guys know that. Not the band Abba, but uh, the word Abba. That was funny. Anybody laugh? Okay. Abba. There's this intimacy. My grandkids call me Pop Pops. And... um, it's not, the, uh, it's not the original title I wanted for, uh, for my name. I wanted to be called El Papa, which means the Pope, but um, <laughs> my son-in-law wouldn't have that. So if you're Spanish, you know El Papa. El Papa means the Pope. And I thought that'd be pretty cool. You know, they'd be in Target and like, El Papa. And I walk out, yes, but um, didn't take. But pop-pops, when you think of pop-pops, maybe you're, you think something intimate and close, uh, a term of endearment. And the word Abba means that. It's something, a, chi- a name that a child would use for his daddy. This morning I was trying to be funny, and the, uh, Robin King, we had the grandkids this morning, and... and um, so as she came down, I, I coached the kids to say, hi, Robin, versus Gigi. And so all three of them was like, hi, Robin, hi, Robin. And, and uh, Gigi was not having that. Um, but again, it, because the formality doesn't really just convey the relationship. The formality doesn't convey the relationship. And so that's why Robin wants to be called Gigi, to convey the relationship, the closeness. And so the word our father means Abba, the the closeness. It it represents a relationship, a deep relationship. Deep relationship. You know, I don't know if we have lots of fathers here and a lot of you are young, but a good father brings discipline. Amen? One thing I love about uh, Dave Blackburn, his, his son teased him about it on Father's Day, but I think it's a great thing that... Can you imagine a father that doesn't bring discipline? Dave loves his kids so much, and he loves you so much that he wants to raise a kid that you like, not just he likes. When you're raising your kids, you're raising your kids so other people would like them. You don't want the teacher to roll their eyes when your kid walks in. So when you're disciplining your children... You're thinking of the teacher. You're thinking of the the third grade teacher, the fifth grade teacher, the high school teacher. You're thinking so far ahead that when you discipline your kids, you're thinking of others. And that's what a good father does. So when we say Abba, it entails everything. You know, God is a good father. Um, God makes promises that he fulfills. He makes commands of of his children. But also good fathers bring care and nurture, and protection. And God, Abba Father, does all these things. So when we pray, our Father, it shouldn't be something dutiful or something that we just recite from habit, thinking that somehow if we just rub the right beads and say the right words, that somehow it will invoke this relationship, promote this relationship. But it's something that's deep from the heart that we say, our Father, Daddy, 
When we say the word daddy and Abba, it, it just it should fill our minds with this fullness and wholeness of who God is. I mentioned earlier about the name. Hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. When you say the name Mario, if you said, I know Mario, and hopefully you don't say this anything, anything negative out loud, uh, but when I, if you were talking to somebody about me, it's not just the name. You are talking to them about the person Mario, about his shortcomings. And I, I didn't know I had a lot of shortcomings until I got married. And I appreciate that. I appreciate the things that my wife has told me. I, um, I'm going to have a confession, so maybe you'll have mercy on me. I'm going to confess that uh, sometimes, <laughs> I'm embarrassed about this, um, sometimes when I talk to people, my eye wanders behind them, like I'm looking what's going on behind them. And my wife is telling me, Mario, you need to focus on the person you're talking to. And I say, I am. She says, no, you're not. I notice you were just looking behind them and looking past them. And so I am guilty of that. And I, and I don't mean to be, uh, to, to give the impression I'm not paying attention, okay? And so I'm sorry for that. But I, um, I recognize that when you say Mario, you're, you might be saying all sorts of things. You might say that he's funny, he's handsome, uh, he's got a full, thick set of hair, um, you can say all this. So a name entails the whole person. It's not just a name. It's not a title. It's the whole person. And so when we pray, our Father, Abba, Father, hallowed be your name, your name. So we, we sing songs, how beautiful is the name of Jesus. It's because we're invoking the whole person. The whole person. We're not saying that it sounds beautiful. We're saying it is beautiful because it invokes the whole person. Everything about them. And God, when we say our Father, Abba, we're saying Yahweh, who is holy and contains everything that is good, perfection and purity and holiness and loving and kind. God's name saves so when we call upon his name, we're calling all that is good and holy. In Psalms 9, it says, those who know your name put their trust in you. Knowing God's name means you recognize the whole character and mind and the heart of God. And so when we say, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name, we're invoking the whole person of who God is. And so this morning, I just want to stop and just begin to just take a moment and I'd like for us to just pause and begin to pray and ask the Lord to give us new insight of maybe somewhere we've been uh, lacking, whether it's time, uh, reverence, or understanding the fullness of who he is. And I believe that God is going to bring us through a season, and it should always be a lifestyle of prayer, but a season of prayer in our church. And so I'd like for us to just bow our heads for a moment, and let's just pray.
Lord, we know things unfold for a reason. And Lord, the, when you taught your disciples and you're teaching us how to pray, Lord, we start off with what you start off with. It's not just some random words. But Lord, we want to begin with our Father, our Dad, our Daddy. Heavenly Father, we say thank you for being our Father. And Lord, I recognize here on earth that some of us in this room may not have had a great example of fatherhood. And so when we say daddy or father, it evokes some, maybe some negative uh, emotions, and we recognize that. And Lord, for some of us, it might be hard to say that and think of the great things of you because we're, we're clouded in how we see things. And Lord, we'll deal with that with the forgiveness part down the road. But, but Lord, when we say your name, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Lord, we say thank you that you are a good Father. You do bring discipline, but you bring it with purity. Lord, you are good. You are love. You are patient. You are kind. You are just. Lord, you are close. You're not someone that's far, far away. You care for us. We sang a song about you came down. You brought heaven down to us. You care for your creation. You want to reconnect creator and creation and you embedded that in our hearts, all of us. So our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Holy is your name. Lord, I pray, God, that you would begin to uh, challenge us, Lord, to be better prayers, that we would take the time to build that relationship, to build that relationship with you. Lord, we say thank you. We pray for our church right now, for those who are, are hurting, uh, those who are sick, uh, those who need a touch from you. Lord, we just pray because we come to you first. We come to you first. Lord, we just ask a blessing upon those who need a special touch from you. We say thank you, Father. We pray for every marriage. We pray for every home, for all our children. And Lord, for the grandchildren, we pray, God, for wholeness. And Lord, that they would learn at an early age, the children, to, to go to you and to have that deep and that really close, connected relationship. We love you, Father, and we thank you. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. We want to thank you for listening. We pray that you were blessed and encouraged. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to this podcast and listen whenever you like. To find out more about Mosaic Church, please visit www.mosaicchurchtlh.com.